Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey, I'm Kylie. And I'm Eva. Welcome back to another episode of Hello Universe podcast. Uh, what's the haps, Kylie? How are you today on this warm, what is it? It's a July, July, mid-July afternoon? No, evening. <laughs> Sorry. Fire. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no concept of time, obviously. Yeah, okay. Time is not linear. Uh it's it's all good. Um mm-hmm. I am great tonight. I am really, really great. Um yesterday was the first day of our learn to read the Akashic Records course. Oh as yes, you know. which I am in, everybody, and it is fire. I'm having a and, it's only been one course, but I'm one day, but I'm already having a great time. Yeah. And um uh so I am like and I had the most beautiful client reading this evening. And so I'm just kind of like in this state of like just real gratitude and like feeling real. I'm feeling lots of gratitude and I'm really feeling that sense. You know, sometimes like we're, how do I say this? You know, sometimes you just tap into that space of like, oh, this thing that I want or this thing that I'm building or this thing that I like have been envisioning for all this time, like, it's here now. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's really yeah. working. Yeah. And like, and I don't have to like worry about it or tend to it. I can just like enjoy and appreciate it. Like that's where I'm at. In this yeah. Moment. I think that's, really a, that's, that's a huge moment though, because I think oftentimes people don't take time to appreciate and then like we're on to the next thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, like that moment of like, of realizing that you're here, you're there, or you're here. It's always kind of like, I think, really powerful. Yeah. Sound, right. It's, it's kind of like saying, I mean, this is, I hate using this as an example, but this is the one that I think a lot of people can really relate to. It's this idea of like wanting to lose 10 pounds and then realizing, oh, I've lost 10 pounds. Like I did the thing that I said I was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we can be so focused on like achieving and hustling that we forget to like stop and be like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm here. Like I get to work with people and do the work that I love consistently. Wow. <laughs> to- totally. Yeah. Because what do we usually do is, I don't know, I see this a lot of my clients. We like lose the 10 pounds. And we're like, okay, no, now I got to lose another 10 or I got to yeah. lose another five, right? But like celebration, yeah. acknowledgement, I think is so, and yeah, gratitude. I love that you yeah. said that too, is integral, I think, to right. this process or else we just get burned out. And like, don't get me wrong. Literally last week, I was like, why can't I have the things I want fast enough? You know, so I don't mean to sound like- Oh my God, welcome to entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it is literally different week to week, maybe even day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, I am right now in a place of like really grateful and, uh, and humbled like the community of this class, which like everything about putting together this class was just like, has felt chill and easy. And like, you know, I just, I didn't stress. I just was like, Hey, okay. I'm supposed to teach this class. Cool. Yeah. And, um, it's also interesting because I've seen pop up on my radar, a bunch of other people who I follow who, um, have taught been teaching either workshops or or um, standalone programs on how to teach the project records. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we're all getting this assignment that like, <laughs> oh, it's time, oh. which I think is super cool. Like Leah from mm-hmm. our past episode, Leah Garza recently mm-hmm. did a workshop on it, and I was like, oh, okay, like this is just the assignment now. It's like go forth, teach people, we yeah. to access this. Which be I think is be really portals. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I th- um, yeah. I which is also cool to see that and like really just feel 
grateful instead of like, it felt like a huge affirmation, right? So instead of seeing all these other people who I admire teaching and telling myself like, oh my God, they're way better than you. You can't teach this. I was yeah. like, oh, look, we're all teaching this now. Yay. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was also felt like really beautiful. So. Yeah. I think that's a good sign of growth. <laughs> yeah. 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 So how about you? Well, um, let's see. How am I? I'm actually doing really well, except for right now, my, my bouts of fatigue has really kicked in. So for longer list, longer time listeners, you guys might know that I struggle with fatigue. I think I've brought it up before, right? I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Um, so yeah, it's one of those mystery things. It's like, I, sometimes I don't, it comes out of nowhere. Sometimes it can happen when I'm like exercising. Sometimes it can happen just when like walking up the stairs. So it's really frustrating because I don't know what causes it, but I just get very, like I could easily close my eyes and take a nap right now, right now. but I would not say, sorry, that probably doesn't make, make I'm, for very I'm not good, offended. good mm-hmm. podcasting. Um, but that is, I don't actually think that's a reflection of, of what's been going on recently. Actually, I just happen to be tired in this moment. Fair. And I think that's yes. okay. That's okay. That was my follow-up question. Do you find it easy to let yourself rest when you need to, or do you find a lot of resistance when it rises up? Oh, I have no doubt that this is like one of my life lessons. Like part mm. of the reason I think I have fatigue is so that it's teaching me to be okay with resting. Cause at this point, cause actually when I get like really, really tired, it's not a choice. Yeah. It's, right. no, it's not, it's like, yeah, it's not a choice. I just like have to stop or I have to, like, there is no pushing through sometimes. Oh, that's not true. I mm-hmm. guess I've tried before, but that never really works well. It always backfires. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a beautiful lesson at this point. Yeah. I'm pretty good at, at resting. And I have found that again, just also gratitude for running my own business and working for myself because there's like some flexibility there and it really, I don't know, all of this stuff always just informs me like, oh yeah, this is how it's supposed to be for people. Like not this idea of like, oh, you only have so many sick days or like, uh, or you have to go into work because grind culture or like what I have is a privilege, but oftentimes privilege is just another sign for something that we should all, like it shouldn't be a privilege. That's the whole thing, right? It's like, it shouldn't be a privilege. So I feel very fortunate. Um, and all the more reasons for me to like light the fire of being like these goddamn systems need to change. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, all right. In honor of you needing to go take a nap, mm-hmm. let's uh, <laughs> let's keep our intro short and punchy. What are you promoting this week? Yeah. Well, actually, I feel like this is a good segue in terms of like changing systems and also being portals. Like something that I have been thinking about a lot recently is like why I do the work that I do. Mm. Yeah. And I and just like with the clients that I've been recently working with, seeing just like little bouts of like awakening clarity moments where they're like become more free they're just like oh this whole this thing that was holding me down for so long because i was so terrified or because i had this like limiting belief to like so i love the saying it's like it's not that you let go of it it's like it like it let goes of it let, let goes of you like you're not being held by it anymore and you can actually be free from this thing um I think is liberation. It is the process of, of waking up and yeah. being able to be part of that process with people feels like you said, so I feel so much gratitude, so much. It's like very humbling actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that so much of what's been happening on happening in the world has informed 
the why for what I do even more, because I really do believe that if we want to make a change, it does start on an individual level. And every person who wakes up a little bit, like that's not nothing. That's part of our conscious awakening. That's part Mm -hmm. of us all becoming more free. And I was having this conversation with a client over the weekend about like her talking about like, she wants to help people and, you know, finding your purpose and being of service to others. And I really, I'm just like, like, yes, being of service is important, but like you being a liberated motherfucker (laughs) is how you help people. Your liberation liberates other people. Like, and you don't even, once you're there, you don't have to do anything. Like that is like, because the doing just rises naturally, right? It's not because, oh, you're liberated. And so you're just going to want to sit on the couch and eat cheetahs all the time. It's that when like the more and more we heal ourselves, it's just the natural, obvious next step to be more compassionate, to be more helpful, to right. show up, to have yeah. less resistance to doing the important acts of service. Totally. And, yes. Yeah, and also having the confidence in yourself to be like, oh, this is the leap of faith to take. Yes. Yeah. And so you live a life where you're not, it's not in resistance. You're just more yeah. in flow and things become like easier. And so, um, yeah, I think you were saying something like this earlier too. It's, it's not like I am this like liberated and enlightened soul on the planet who has it all figured out. You know what I mean? Like, I think but I think that can be a beautiful thing too. In the past, I would have, if I had, you know, st- stayed stuck in my perfectionistic ways, I would have never done any of this. I would help right. no one. But I do really think that we're all kind of helping each other. And so I, yeah. I wanted to make sure to say that I'm not, I don't want to misrepresent here and <laughs> be like, <laughs> I'm not like the reincarnation of Buddha on earth or anything like that. But, but I do think that I, in my own personal journey of some liberation that does get passed on to others. And then when you liberate yourself, that gets passed on to others, right? Right. So it really is this beautiful connection. So all of that to say is, um, I, while I'm booked now, I will be opening up more sessions in August. Um, So if you're interested in working with me, if you are someone who struggles with anxiety, overwhelm, insecurity, and you want to find more peace, happiness, and liberation through a spiritual path, um, then you know where to find me. Hopefully you can find me at my website at evilyout.com. You can set up a free consult with me, um, on my Instagram at bad bitch living. Um, and I think that's a really good place for us to figure out like, you know, what, if I can help you, what your challenges are, if we're a good fit, all of that stuff. So if you're interested in starting in August, um, come find me. Yay. Yay. And what about you, Kylie? What do you want to share? So, um, I have just re-recorded the, so I've been doing a lot more guided meditations. Um, and in particular in Alchemy for Healers, we do one every week where I open the records and I channel through a really beautiful guided meditation. And so, uh, as I've gone deeper in that, I re-recorded a guided meditation that was attached to my, um, my free website, the freebie on my website, which is this um, mini workshop on just deepening your connection to your intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just wanted to like remind people that that's there, oh. um, new and improved with this beautiful new meditation. So oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's a lot of fun. So um, go check that out if you haven't. And if you are already on my mailing list and you want the new one, <laughs> just, uh, just DM me so I can get you a copy of the new one. Cool. Wonderful. Great. Wait, uh, and they can find that on your website. Oh, right. Yeah. My website, Mm -hmm. akashicgrace.org. Uh, or, um, if you forget, you can just DM me and I'll tell you, I'll send you the link. Yeah. I mean, honestly, (laughs) oh, 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 actually that's kind of, kind of a mini announcement. Um, I am now, I changed my Instagram to my name. Mm. 
Yes. You did? <laughs> I did. I when? did. Uh, this week. Um, so it's Kylie Caldwell. Uh, I've known for a little while it's time to like, within the next few months, I'm going to be moving everything over. So I'm going to move my website to KylieCaldwell.com. It's just like, it's just time, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I started my Instagram account when I was afraid to put my face on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, didn't want anyone to actually know that it was me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, it's just time to move to the next version of it, which is like, this is high. My face is already all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is, uh-huh. this is Kylie Caldwell. Um, and uh no but that's so funny because i'm pretty sure i liked something on there today and i don't think i noticed that you changed your name oh <laughs> that, yeah that's why i think it's funny okay that's great so it's a smooth yeah. transition love there it you go. there you go yeah i haven't yeah perfect um so i will i'll let you guys all know but i will also be moving my website over it's on the to-do list um probably by probably by within a month is the goal um so you know sometimes it's just time for the next yeah all of these are good signs it's all evolution yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. um coming out of the shadows guys <laughs> <laughs> with a with a force yeah so in the meantime you still have to go to akashagrace.org but soon it will be kyliecaldwell.com i'm gonna get that dot com damn it so I'm excited oh about you, that. you best yeah, yeah yeah there's no other kylie caldwell okay, <laughs> they there is no other <laughs> <laughs> just the one and only <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway come come the, the workshop by the way it's it's a mini workshop it's really packed so there's bunch of exercises and journal prompts there's a guided meditation and there's also just like a, a couple of pages of like ways to think about your intuition and your inner knowing and a little bit of a framework of, of a grounding framework that I use to think of um you know creating stillness getting into listening mode and taking action and how that cycle can help strengthen your intuition so I'm really proud of it I think it's a really cool uh, helpful resource that you could work through over the course of a couple hours you know you could do it in like two hours on the weekend and I think it'd be kind of meaningful. Yeah. Awesome. I love yeah. it. You can get a bite-sized bit of Kylie that way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. So would you like to, to introduce today's guest, Kylie? Yes. Oh my gosh. So our guest today, Stephanie is, you guys are going to love her. Her energy is just so great. She's so dynamic. She has so many brilliant and funny things to say. Um, and, and some inappropriate ones too, which I also yes. loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, hilarious. Uh, slightly at my expense. So you guys will enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, uh, Stephanie D. McKenzie is many things. She is a certified coach. She's an intuitive healer and a lifestyle educator. And she is all about empowering people who are feeling overwhelmed or undervalued. And she has this really fascinating history where she is someone who went to seminary school for Christianity. Now she's like all about the, you know, spiritual woo-woo, um, but still clearly very grounded and connected to her her um, deep knowledge and background in Christianity, um, which I, I personally love that combination of, mm-hmm. of, of, of like scholarly approach, academic approach to things. It's always, you know, you gotta, you gotta get me right in the hot field with that stuff. <laughs> for, for, yeah, for you nerds out there, which I also yeah. love. Yeah. And we talk about, I mean, I think a good way to sum it, sum it up is she talks, she describes her as a spiritual rogue. She describes herself that way. And we talk about how perfect that is to um, embody her journey. And I think it's the journey that so many of us are on, right? Like if yeah. you're here, chances are, <laughs> <laughs> you're like yes chances are you are exploratory you're a seeker you're a searcher you're interested you have your own journey and it's not always linear and i yeah. i'm always very interested in the stories of the people who come from really um religious backgrounds and then like kind of find their own way i while that wasn't my experience 
it is always a beautiful fucking story, yeah. right? It's uh, an awakening, a liberation, a, um, a coming into oneself. So yeah, I think it's yeah. something that people can relate to. And and I first met Stephanie. Um, she uh, has created a Facebook group uh, in the wake of the, you know, current uh, wave of Black Lives Matter movement uh, about becoming better allies, unlearning racism, and so we have a really rich conversation about exactly those things and how they all tie to spirituality. That I also think is really um, expansive and has some good. She's got some good practical pieces about how to be a good ally too. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. So enjoy. You guys are gonna love it. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. My gosh, we're so happy to have you here. Um, we will start as we always do. What is spirituality and what does it mean for you and how does it show up for you in your everyday life? Oh my gosh, spiritual that's such a loaded question, right? <laughs> my background is so bizarre, being that, you know, at one point I was devout, you know, with my Western Christianity and then shifting into this whole enlightened peace and oh my gosh so it for me it means really uh, pressing into the understanding of of power and energy that is greater than yourself mm-hmm. yeah i love that do you have any examples of how that shows up in your in your everyday life oh yeah absolutely and and i think as trite and as trivial as this is going to sound uh the reality is that it shows up in in most instances of my life so For me, um, and I didn't realize that this was a thing until people would tell me, how do you do that? I see the divine in the mundane. So I could be watching TV. I could walk outside. I could step in my kitchen, which is where most epiphanies happen for me. (laughs) And just be, you know, gobsmacked with divine instruction or divine wisdom or, you know, this amazing idea or just some sort of unction or pulling on me. And so, you know, I, I just look for it to just show up. Like, you know, I just sit in anticipation, like even as I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, all right, what's, what's about to happen here? You know, I'm just, I'm, I sit in anticipation. And oddly enough, when I, uh, I went to seminary, so I'm, I'm completely, I'm, I'm a spiritual rogue, I know this, and I'm okay with it. But uh, one of the things that I used to pray was, you know, God, let me experience you in new and exciting ways. And literally that didn't happen until I finished seminary and I really began to question even more deeply than I had before, you know, Western Christianity and all of its, you know, foibles and this and that, and it's, you know, God is and all of the rules and regulations that it had. When I, when I took the boundaries off of my, of my spirituality and when I took the boundaries off of who God was and could be and is and what he likes about me and all of that, when I took all of that away, that's when I began to have those new and exciting encounters. Mm-hmm. I am, first of all, I love this idea of spiritual rogue. I wrote that down because that's such a good way to describe, I think, a lot of the people who come on this show. It's such a if, great- If we had merch, it, we, it would say spiritual rogue, Hello Universe <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you yeah, would get the like, first one ever. No, no, we would have to give you, like, we'd have to give you a cut. Like, we would yeah. have to, because we wouldn't yeah. have space <laughs> stolen it. Yeah. Um, Interesting, yes, let's do it, ladies. Yeah, but I like, I, it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is seeing God in- in everything, right? Like in like the littlest things, which mm-hmm. I think really speaks to a certain, hold on, I want to be careful about how I want to say this, like a certain, like, adv- I don't like this word, so maybe you guys can come up with a better word, but like advancement in spirituality, mm-hmm. meaning 
you only see, you only get there, I think, when you sort of mm-hmm. have a broader understanding of, mm-hmm. of what God can yeah. be. So no, you said it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I was almost going to say advantage because, you know, once you, once you open yourself up, when you stop believing that certain things are ungodly and, you know, like astrology and crystals and uh, burning sage and Palo Santo and, and, and various gods and goddesses that, that exist in and out of our realm and understanding that we live in a realm, that, like this is not it. You know, mm-hmm. understanding multidimensionality, if that's a word, if not, I just made it up. <laughs> um, I think that really opens, opens you up to so many things, mm-hmm. you know, just understanding your role in the world and the fact that, you know, maybe, maybe you've been here before, maybe mm-hmm. you've had other experiences and, and just the fact that you're willing to question, you know, well, maybe, I mean, I may not believe in that, but huh, that's kind of fascinating versus, oh God, uh, we didn't learn about that in Sunday school. We can't even talk about it. Oh my God. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was one of the questions that I, I had for you is I'm curious. I, I think I'm just curious actually to know about your journey. Cause I, in particular, I'm curious about the, that transition, right. From, from coming from something more devout or had more rules to now having a more like free flowing, open understanding of spirituality. Uh, and I imagine that that transition was a little complicated. Maybe I'm projecting, but I'm, I guess I'm curious to know what your journey was, and, and also if you could speak to what started to crack you open and say, "Wait a minute, there's something bigger. This, this, this doesn't work for me anymore. There's something bigger." Right. Absolutely. Yes. Especially this going to seminary thing, and then this idea of taking away boundaries. Like yeah. I love that idea. Seminary. Let's talk about. It. <laughs> so okay, even as a Christian, I was fairly rogue. Like I, I was the person that was like. Yeah, the way you, that verb is incorrect. It should actually be in the Hebrew with X, Y, and Z. I was, I'm that girl. Like, oh, okay, there's seven different types of locusts in this verse. Let's go figure out what they all mean. You know, I'm that person. <laughs> this is why I love you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know enough about Christianity to understand any of that, but I think I kind of get it. <laughs> like, let's dig deeper. Like, don't give me that, you know, God loves you and he wants the best for you. Okay, that's cute. But uh, let's, let's, let's dig, let's, let's deep dive. And so my Christianity was more advanced than, than most pastors I knew. Like I would be sitting there taking notes like, yeah, you missed that part. Yeah, that actually doesn't go together. Uh, yeah, no. And so, <laughs> and not to be, you know, and not to be an a-hole about it, just because I would study and study and study and study. I was what I called a Bible nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, had no desire to go to seminary. That was not the desire. But the sign kept literally waving at me. I would drive by and it would be like, hi. And I'd be like, like I would literally speed up. Mm-hmm. Like, I oh, no, got the wrong girl. One, I had already, I had already finished my, uh, my MBA. So I had no desire to go back to school. Two, I was never going to be a, a pastor or anything like that. And I'm like, Ugh, another like school. Okay. All right. So finally, I just decided to acquiesce and go. And it was an interesting experience. Um, I made some really good amazing friendships that I still have to this day. But the straw that broke the spiritual camel's back was a class called Doing Theology in Global Context. And that class pretty much answered every question I ever had Mm. and destroyed every foundation I had built upon. Because what that class did was that it showed me how Western Christianity tries to vilify and demonize other belief systems, even against itself. So 
in essence, it was saying that, you know, if I was a Chinese Christian, I would probably still get to look at the zodiac and astrology. But if I'm a Western Christian, oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, that's demonic. Oh. That's not yeah, too many contradictions. Yeah, too many contradictions. And so as I began to, to take this class and realize, you know what? Uh, some people like literally Christianity, Western Christianity attempts to rob people of their indigenous belief systems from their shamans, their medicine men, you know, you know, when, when, when missionaries would go over. And that's why I'm like, Ugh. you know, when we talk about white saviorship, you know, and when we talk about allyship and white saviorship, um, that's exactly what it is. You're going over with these preconceived notions that, oh my God, they're savages. Let's go fix mm -hmm. them. And I'm like, why are they savages? Because they like herbs. Mm -hmm. Right. There so, are some that will cure you faster than Western medicine ever could and cure you and cure you, not just, you know, give you something to deal with your symptoms. So, but nevertheless, I digress. Your digression is very welcome on this podcast. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> tell me more. I think it's just always one digression. But I am curious, was the, was the intention of the class to like, to pose these questions or was it, did it break the camel's back? Cause you were like, this doesn't add up. Like what you're telling me, like some, something's rotten in the state of Denmark, or was it a question that was, of course I was asking you to kind of think bigger picture? You know, that's a great question. I think it was just presenting the information. Mm. Um, and I, I have always been innately spiritual and innately intuitive. In fact, <laughs> during my, okay. So during my twenties, I actually worked as a, I guess a psychic um, because some things had transpired and money was in a bad way. And I was like, I'm always like, okay, well, what do I have that I can use? So I was like, I'll become a psychic. So I was on a psychic line. Yes. Yeah. I'm just, it was. And it wasn't like calling me now, but I always had the ability to see things. I guess I'm claircognizant to a certain degree. And couple that with my astrology knowledge, and I was dangerous. Like I once told this girl that, you know, Whatever happened last week, we can't bring that forward. I'd only talked to her the first time. She was like, how do you know about that? I don't know. Okay, great. So, um, you know, I don't think that the class, I don't think that it intended to create like an understanding that something was rotten in Denmark, as you put it. But I do think that it presented information that I could take in mm -hmm. and be like, so what you're saying is Oracle cards good. Zodiac, good. And, and what it did was it took away the idea for me that to be this good, godly person, mm. I had to put down and put away things that I was innately drawn to. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. and so it, it really just, for me, it confirmed some things that I already knew and that I had already questioned because I'm like, if I pick up a crystal, who do you think made the crystals? That's a divine work of art. So why, why vilify that? And so mm -hmm. as I began to press deeper, because remember, I'm a nerd, you know, as I press deeper into pendulum work and divination and what those things actually mean, what fornication actually means, because it didn't have boo to do with having sex outside of wedlock. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, I just began to deconstruct Western Christianity. Okay, yeah. wait, what does fornication mean if it doesn't mean sex outside of wedlock? <laughs> it doesn't mean being immoral sexually, which could be very wide mm. because... Uh, et etymologically speaking, the word that we get fornication from is actually porneia in Latin, which is what we get pornography from. Pornography is not always about sex outside of wedlock. Mm. It is about being sexually immoral, and that is subjective. Mm. But nobody wants to hear that. So they're just like, no! <laughs> 
communication. I'm like, listen, listen, if you love somebody and you choose to make love to that person, I have to believe that the divine is okay with that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're out here, yeah. you know, because you're broken and you're trying to fill a void or a hole or a, a, a void that in a hole, I mean, whatever. <laughs> and that's a problem, right? Because that, that means you need some healing. But I mean, I, I just, you know, I think the qualities that we give to God um, often press into an oppressor, oppressee dynamic. Oh, yeah, totally. Versus being, okay, but then you say God is love. Okay, so how, how does oppressor oppressee work? Well, that's human form. Yes. Human form. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by that? That's what humans do. Humans right, want to that's control. what humans are doing. Okay, got it. Do. That's, got that's, it. Yep, that's, yep, a, yep. that's a flesh-led excursion. That's what yeah. humans do. Yeah. You know, because I have to be better than you. I have to control you. You have to have some level to aspire to mm-hmm. so that you can be this X, Y, and Z so that you can go to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I can live in heaven on earth. Duh. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so then what happened though after this course? Was it like, was your mind blown? Was there inner conflict, outer mm-hmm. conflict? Mm-hmm. Was, it's so weird. It wasn't any conflict. It was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to the crystal store now. Like literally. <laughs> <laughs> like you had your permission slipper. Basically, it was like, okay, you just won the World Series. Where are you going? I'm going to Disneyland. Like I, I just didn't care. You know, yeah. I literally just stopped. And that was the thing that had to happen too, because a huge part of my public persona was about my Christianity. Mm, right. You know, being, being this celibate, abstinent individual, because, and hence why I had to study what fornication actually meant. Mm. And, uh, you know, not, not doing these things and, and being still spiritually rogue, but still, you know, still devout, still wanting to please God uh, with various things that I would do and not do. And that was a huge part of my identity. Huge. I mean, it still is, but mm-hmm. not really. Not in that context. Well, I guess that's mm-hmm. what I mean. So there was no... no um conflict there in terms of like your, you know, the, the identity that you had about this and then also going spiritually rogue, essentially, even with like, <laughs> and communities too, right? Because I think there's oftentimes we're so tied up with communities and that can be really difficult for people who yeah. are changing. It was weird because that season of my life, when it started to come in, um, a lot of things had already gone a little quiet. We're kind of a little stripped away already. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me was saying, which was weird. Okay. So this is, this is the weird part about being me. Um, even though I had changed, nobody was willing to challenge me Hmm. because they knew I was so devout. And I would say, you do realize I have a whole degree. I went to whole seminary. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the one to try. I'm not the person that can get up and be like, well, you know, I just decided one day that Christianity is blah, blah, blah. And this is the way I feel. No, there were very few people that could contend with me in my Christianity. So mm-hmm. now you flip over to this enlightened Christ follower, then it's like, okay, well, what do you do with that? Well, you couldn't do anything with the other chick either. So now you're just kind of confused as far as, okay, well, she doesn't talk about these things anymore. That is correct. But I do talk about these things, you know? And so at the end of the day, um, I gave it out in small bites. I didn't make an announcement, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't make an announcement, but I gave it out in small bites. Except to my mother, who I shared some things with. And she was fine with it. She was like, yay! <laughs> but, I mean, here's the other part of that. Without that seminary experience, without the breaking of the, of the, of the camel's back, so to speak, uh, I would not have began to um, embrace the healing modalities that I embraced Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. And that is what shifted my entire life. 
when I, did, when I decided that, you know what, we can be healed on this plane. We can live a whole and abundant life on this plane. Hmm, not in some afterworld. Got it. Okay. So th that's what, so a lot of things changed at one time, mm -hmm. but very few people would be ready to battle with me on that. Like oh, I wasn't the one to battle with. Well, I love that because it also sounds like, honestly, there's only ever a battle if we're projecting that there's a battle, if we get defensive, right? If we're not sure, but you sounded pretty damn sure. And I, I, I love that because yeah. yes, yes, model for us and for so many people who are listening, I think what it's like to just own your shit, own your beliefs, like, and then not have to apologize and not have to explain it. <laughs> like, that's amazing. And it's oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Kyle. No, 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 it's okay. I'm just going to continue complimenting you. So you want to listen to it. <laughs> But I think, I think what is, I think a lot of us think that in order to claim our beliefs, we have to really rigidly hold to them. And I think that what I'm hearing you say, which feels so expansive is like, this is what I believe. And like, you're not, don't even waste your breath trying to talk me out of it. And yet I'm also really open and curious and know that it's okay for me to be wrong. And that's a really kind of complex beautiful space to hold that feels like kind of the secret to it you know absolutely and then of course when you're when you're when you're over 40 and i think this probably happened when i maybe after 40 but you know once you turn 40 you really don't give a damn what anybody <laughs> and then when you turn 45 then you're really like <laughs> good yes bring it i mean yeah. that's what i remember feeling that so I'm 36 now. And I think there was even a, some rendition of that from 20s to 30s. Yes. And it's there. But 40 is a whole different. You wake up the day you turn 40, you wake up and you're like, <laughs> amazing. Get some. Like, literally, like, you just don't care. Like, you feel like a full-fledged grown-up. And in the words of Cherie on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, who gonna check me, boo? That's how you feel. Like, that's, that's, that's how you feel. I'm just like, huh, okay. So you just really Great. don't care. Great. Just, Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. Can't, can't wait. This is why I think, oh God, it's so funny how I used to be afraid of aging again because of this ridiculous capitalistic patriarchal society of like how that's, I feel a lot of compassion for my old self that thought that aging was bad. But I really do think from what I've been hearing and what I see other people modeling is like, it just gets better. So I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Caring less fuck seems like one of the one of the gifts of life uh, and one of the gifts with, I, I have, I'm 35 and I turned 35 in May and I have felt the same way. Also COVID, turning for COVID 35 also in uh, quarantine is like, oh, I give no fucks because like, who am I shaving my armpits for? Why am I wearing a bra? Like, <laughs> I put on a bra for y'all though. I just want y'all to know. I am honored. I am Yeah, honored. I am honored. Honored. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, <laughs> we know that shit is not comfortable. But also, if you want to go braless in the future, also welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> I like the feeling of being braless, which is so weird because, you know, I, I lost a, a fair amount of weight. And so my, my bruise got smaller, but not shrunk because I told them not to shrink. Don't do that. <laughs> we had to have a long talk. I was like, look here, you can go to like a C cup. If you get a here, I'm serious. <laughs> I had to have a talk with them. And they listened. You know, they, yeah, they did. They did. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If you had a serious talk with me, Stephanie, I would probably do exactly what you told me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Our, our time is coming. Our time is coming, y'all. The serious talk. I'm, I'm waiting. We're going to crack open the records and do some damage. I love it. Oh, yes. 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 Um, okay. So <clears throat> I'm going to harken back to something you mentioned earlier, which was talking about, you know, this... Um, 
you know, Western Christianity's attempt to rob people of their indigenous belief and this oppressor oppressive model that gets mapped under Christianity. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am very passionate about this topic. I, so I kind of just want to just say like, talk more about that. <laughs> uh, and I also, one of the, the way that we met is that you formed this really beautiful Facebook community about unlearning racism. Um, and so uh, I'd also love to know, I have this bad habit of asking five questions at once. I need to work okay, on this. Okay, but, but, but I also would love to, to hear from your perspective, the, the link to this current moment, civil rights movement, and how that ties to this, I don't know, Western Christian tradition, we're all right. Colonization, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. She didn't hold any punches. <laughs> she gonna make me lay all of my stuff out. I was just like, um, I was going to give a snack. She's asking for entrees. Okay. I mean, we kind of just get right to it in this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know, the, the, the challenge is that when we talk about, you know, in, indigenous, you know, the beliefs of indigenous people and, you know, especially shamanism and, and having the medicine man and those type of things. A lot of that is definitely rooted in what I know to be the, uh, I, I, I'm hesitant to say African heritage because all black people are not from Africa. Mm -hmm. So as natives, some are native, and of course that depends on the diaspora and all this other stuff that we're not going to get into tonight, or we might, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the construct around colonization and using Christianity, which is about to get really interesting, and using Christianity as a way to, to bring something the savages needed, right? You know, that, that, whole, that whole mindset. Um, it's not a good thing. You know, I hate to say it like that, but it, it's just not a good thing. And when you look at it, it what it says is that, that slavery began in the mind and, and, the, and the stripping of indigenous people of their spiritual rights is a huge part of the, of the narrative of racism. Mm. Because when I can, when I don't have the right to believe what I wanted to believe, when I don't have the right to have my God, you know, my Orisha, my, my Yoruba priestess, my, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, my, my medicine man, my, my, my spirit totems and all of those things. When I'm stripped of that and not I as in Stephanie personally, but I as a person, um, who may have an African or a native background, who knows at this point, but someone who is brown, okay? When we get into those conversations, um, it's fairly disheartening because now what we see, and this has been discussed as well, is that we now see the reclaiming of those traditions, but for most of us, the only reason we've been exposed to them is because somebody who is Caucasian brought them back up mm, yeah because they had the power to do so exactly so now it's like well this was your shit but i'm gonna give it back to you be grateful yeah. and i'm gonna and i'm gonna make money and i'm gonna like get the credit for it and all that i mean that's a whole nother and i'm gonna sell all the palo santo on my etsy store or at urban outfitters or yeah. i'm gonna kill all the trees by the way you know yeah. of palo santo and it's like oh so now it almost says, oh, so now your, your, your religion, your beliefs, your, your again, your Orishas and, and your goddesses and your gods, now they're valuable to me. I figured out a way to capitalize on them. And so now you may have them back. Thank you. Mm, yeah. But in the meanwhile, it creates an ill dichotomy between those that do have, you know, Christian beliefs and those who do want to return to the, you know, indigenous traditions 
then it's like, well, now, now you've created further division because now it's like, well, are you a Christian or are you not? Well, you can't do this and do that. Well, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. If you listen, if you want to pull an Oracle card while you're reading the Bible, while burning Palo Santo and chanting in tongues, feel free. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you have a soul, you have a divine identity. And should you get spiritually out of pocket, you will be corrected. Like if you're just doing too much, mm-hmm. you will be corrected. Right. Yeah. Or if and it's not from an authentic, loving exactly. place. You will, yeah. you will be, I believe you will be innately corrected. Um, and then the challenge of it is, of course, understanding, now that I understand the true history of Christianity, it makes it even funnier to me because as I've told many people, Christianity didn't even exist as something that was valuable or viable until Constantine figured out if I divide the Jews and the Christians, I can come to political power. Mm. Up until that point, Christianity was just Judaism light. Mm. All the rules, no circumcision. That's it. Yeah. So, so this construct came out of a, a desire for political gain. Again, this is why we go to seminaries. So we can talk about things like Judaism and Constantine. This is why we do this. And so... You know, it's so interesting that that something would have been given validation out of a political construct and then leveraged against people to take away their power that is now being somewhat giving back to them, but when they're probably in a least a less powerful state than they ever were. I am living for this. I like low-key for fun read books about, you know, like <laughs> early Christianity. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm just living for this. I think, um, I think when when you're talking about Oracle cards and a Bible and how that's like told that how we're told that that's at odds, I feel like one of the elements of this kind of oppressor oppressive dynamic is that Western Christianity has been used to weaponize people against themselves as in we're separated from our own inner knowing, right? Like I grew up Catholic. So in that decision, it's literally like the guy on the stage knows the answer and you are lucky enough to like, you know, be in his presence and maybe he'll whisper a few things, right? Everything is mediated through that. And I feel like, like the thing that seems so threatening and dangerous to Western Christianity as, as I have experienced it is that you might have some answers on your own. get this time to go (laughs) that's it that's i mean you know when you look at it's so interesting to me because when you really look at let's say the 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 prophet the prophets in the bible prophets in the bible had schools they would teach people how to be prophetic and get paid for it so i didn't know that they did isaiah had a school um who else uh, Elijah, did Elijah have a school? There's at least two that were fairly popular that had schools. Y'all, that's what actually what I'm renaming the Learn to Read the Akashic Records course. It's just, it's the Learn to Be a Prophet school. <laughs> I mean, as you should. But then here's the thing. So what's the difference between being prophetic and psychic? Right. See, what I've learned and, and, and the weird ability that I've been given is that I can jump in and out of spiritual circles and I can be like, well, this is really just this and this mm-hmm. is really just this. Case in point, when we talk about being a co-creator with the God of the universe or being a co-creator in general, well, people tend to, that, are, that don't run in those circles, tend to balk at that. Like, what do you mean you're a co-creator? Um, okay, let's go to Genesis in the part where God says, I create man in my own image. He, he did what? Created. So what could man do? Create. Like that, it, 
it's so bananas how people, I'm like, do you read the Bible? Do you, have you cracked it open? Because I'm just like, how do you not see the, the parallel? Right. Yeah. I don't know. This is, this is why, so I know very, just so you know, Stephanie, I know very little about Christianity because I didn't grow up having to go to church ever, but it's a lot of these things, especially like understanding the power dynamics of Christianity that leave such a bad taste in my mouth. And I just, ugh. but with also a basic enough understanding of also like the basic teachings are good. Like the truth is good. I mean, Jesus sounds like a really cool dude. And I'm sure him and Buddha would have been like BFF, right? Like they yeah. were just right on the same page. They probably were. They probably were. Yeah. We'll get that yeah. But then yeah. it gets all fucked up and like twisted and, and, and then used as a form to oppress people yep. to feel go. shame and, you know, not have any self trust. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. uh, it's just very confusing. <laughs> it is very confusing. And it's, and you know, I think for me, it's very sad yeah. because you know, I don't touch anything without knowing the history of it, usually. So, you know, when we started looking at, you know, like divination and people started talking about pendulums, the first time I heard about pendulums, I was like, what is that? Mm. <laughs> it's like a pretty ball. What is this? What is they this? are pretty. Oh my God, they're so gorgeous. So and I was good. like, what did you do? But I wasn't going to jump up and buy one. I didn't even know what this thing is. Like, you know, okay, let's not get retarded here. So I'm just like, okay. So I do my homework and find out well, it seems that Moses and Aaron and maybe Joshua used a pendulum to find water as they were out in the desert for the 40 days. Mm. Interesting though, you're not told about that. You're just told that everything that's new age and metaphysical is bad. And it goes back to what Kylie is saying as far as, okay, the problem is that you might find out some things for yourself. Right. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Because I think I was, I can't remember what I was reading, but there's something now I might get this wrong, but maybe, maybe in your studies, Kylie, you've seen this, that the only reason why only kings and whatnot could afford prophets. So people that didn't have means, they had to use other things. They had to use cars. They had to use the tarot. Mm -hmm. They had to use other tools if they wanted to get to know something in the future. Because why is it okay for the king to know what's going on in the future? And you're in the kingdom. You don't, you don't, you don't get any foreknowledge. You're just out there bad. You just, you don't know. Like it's all going down and just the king knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair okay but I think and, I'm, and I'll go back and look and I'll verify this but yeah you know I think the challenge I think the ultimate challenge is is that people have to realize when it's divine and when it's not mm. I've, yeah oh. but how <laughs> yeah how do you experience that I mean how do you I, know I think it's fairly intuitive you know I, I used to say all the time let the peace of God guide you you know, and if you feel peace on a matter, you know, I, I can't believe that that's adversarial energy that's telling you to go forth and do this. And if you feel at peace about a thing and you're not anxious and you're like, like, oh my God, I need like 18 sides to tell me if I need to go. And I'm like, no, if you feel at peace about a matter, then mm -hmm. I have to believe that that's the divine because the divine only brings peace. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. do chaos or he or she or it or them don't do chaos and confusion. That's not what they're about. Yeah. That's not yeah. what the divine yeah. is about. So, you know, back in the day, I used to tell people that the peace of God guides you. And so now it's the same thing. People ask me all the time, how do you hear from God? Do you know what peace feels like? Then go with that. Yes, yeah. you might, you might advance enough to hear voices. I do that. You might advance enough to have, I think, uh, what do they call it? They call it speaking in tongues in Christianity, but over here it's called light language. Light language. Light yes. language. Ooh, what's light language? I've never even heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Kylie's favorite toy right now. She's like, yes, light language. Yes. <laughs> Where so you go, go for it. Go. No, 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 you go. 
no, you do the light language. I'll do the speaking in tongues. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. So uh, light language is, uh, it's basically this idea that you're channeling like celestial codes, you know, of these, like these, it, it's it's the same thing as speaking in tongues, but it's this, it's this idea that it's these vibrations, these t- sounds that you channel through that are powerful healing in and of themselves. And mm-hmm. there's some written versions of them and there's some spoken versions of them. Um, I've actually done it a couple of times, uh, but have a lot of complex feelings about mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. so I'm like working through that, like a lot of like, okay, well now you're actually just crazy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so right. it's it's something I've kind of put on pause uh, for the moment, but um, but that was a big part of it for me. It was like, okay, how do I feel as I'm doing this? How do I feel afterwards? I feel light. I feel full of like, peace and love and the way that I do when I enter the record. So like, that's gotta be a, can't be a bad thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same. I mean, I just recently learned about light language. And so the, the, the mainstay from what I understand is when you're speaking in tongues, the mainstay is to bypass, bypass your brain. So mm-hmm. you can have a direct connection to the divine. So if I'm speaking in tongues, whatever, however it comes out, that's a new one. If that comes out, then I don't know what I just said. So that's supposed to be me directly connecting with the divine, getting that download, maybe even doing an upload, whatever, you know, whatever that is. But my brain can't, my human, my human side, my human side can't police it. It can't yeah. judge mm-hmm. it. It can't intercept it. It can't go into convergent thinking and, and, it, and it can't quarterback it, which quarterbacking for me is when you hear something and you're like, okay, go, I got it. Like, no, press back in, please. Could you get some instructions, please? Mm. It's not like, not like an Ikea couch, like stop. Um, of course, you always need instructions for an Ikea couch. So nevertheless, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. But you know, sometimes we'll do that. We get information and we'll just say, okay, I know what to do now. Do you, or do you know what yeah. you've done in the past? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, I, maybe I'm supposed to call Kylie as opposed to, oh, well, I, I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Let me go ahead and put this together. Uh-uh, pause. But as humans, you know, again, I believe the divine is always speaking to us, always revealing things to us. And so if you have the gift of light language, if you cultivate the gift of light language, then it's probably because you need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting what you're saying, because I'm always the person who like, I like settle in to meditate. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I like settle in to be like, all right, me and divine love, we're going to chill for a little bit. And, you know, as soon as you settle in for me, I like, I very quickly start like popping off with ideas of like things that I could do. And to your point, I instantly am like, oh, I just had a divine, like, like this huge burst of inspiration. I need to pick up my phone and text someone, this person about it right this second. Like I am terrible about like, okay, you received that message after 30 seconds. Imagine what will happen if you sit here for like five whole minutes, like just to chill. <laughs> so yeah, I really resonate with that. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I- I learned quarterbacking from myself. Like I'm, I used to be the quarterback. Like I'm an MVP. Yeah. Like yeah. seriously. But I had to stop because that gets tiring. Like you're just like, okay, I got it. Go. And then you're doing all this stuff and you're realizing, hey, none of this is working out. So what do I do now? Uh. <laughs> so I got tired of that. That's a little exhausting. Yeah. Just a little bit. Go. Yeah. If anything, I feel like my meditation practice has taught me to not react to that, which isn't to say to not acknowledge it. Cause actually, again, some of my greatest ideas, my best inspiration, my like self-realization happens in a moment of stillness, but the practice is like this weird balance of like not getting hooked into it. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So where that, that like, that it takes you away really from the present moment, but you can still like make a mental note. I just like make yeah. a mental note and be like, that's important. And then I'll, and then I, if it's really important, I have found that I never forget. It's like, yeah. it's there. And because I'm so present, 
I'm remembering it and it just always comes back to me. <laughs> Why? Because it does help me discern what's real from the bullshit. Because sometimes a really good idea is just your ego <laughs> being yes. like, sometimes you're like, oh my God, this is so brilliant. And you're so excited and you're all puffed up. And then you kind of realize, oh, that was really just me kind of being distracted by my ideas. Or, or it was just a part of it. And you got so enamored with that one little piece. It's like, uh, okay, but there, there's more, you know, mm-hmm. there's more, there's more to this and it's awesome and it's brilliant. And so, you know, for me, I've learned it, like, especially when I say, oh, I'm going to do an event. And my thing is, you know, I want everybody in my tribe. I have this thing, I call it everybody eats. And so if I'm doing something, I'm always trying to figure out how everybody can eat. Like, how do I get everybody drawn into this? Okay. But I have to stop because I might have a list of, you know, Michael, Jack, and John. Well, the list may not be them. This time it may be Allison and Alyssa and people I didn't even think about. But my platform, that divine download, my platform is going to be used to to bring them out versus the people I thought. And so that's Mm. happened to me quite a few times. And so I just have to be mindful that it's really not about me. I'm just, I'm just a little conduit, you know. If this transition is choppy, it's because we had to pause so I could tend to my crying (laughs) one-year-old. Now we have reconvened and I have another question. (laughs) Nice, nice. I love that. So, um, Stephanie, I was wondering if you could speak to, um, this particular moment, uh, Black Lives Matter and how you, how, for you, how does spirituality show up as you navigate, you know, in particular, you're doing this really beautiful job of holding space for a bunch of us white people who are trying to unlearn our shit. (laughs) Okay. Alrighty. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just wondering how, how your spirituality is guiding you through this and also how you see it playing out on like a, you know, uh, collective level. Yeah. Oh, it makes total sense. I think the, the innate challenge of this thing is that, um, when it first started, I really didn't want anything to do with it. Like when, when everything broke, I was just like, Oh, well, isn't that interesting? Huh? Alrighty then. And then I got this divine download to create this group. And I'm like, but why though? And so the more I pressed into it, because God knows I refuse to be you know, disobedient or defiant against divine uh, instruction, I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Healing relationship, okay. My history, um, okay, makes sense. All right, so I'm in. And so for me, it's, it's, it's a very, my, my spirituality plays a place of being very hopeful but also being very mindful, you know, that's, that's, that's the unfortunate, uh, you know, I, I have been navigating my experience of, of being black in America, uh, for quite some time, you know, over four decades. And so, uh, I've seen a lot, uh, some things I never thought I would see. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, this, this period where now there seems to be a rising up and awakening, if you will, to, the change that needs to happen, the change. And we can't say the change that should have happened long ago because divine time is always perfect. So there had to be the right set of circumstances to bring this in. And I, I think we, we have the right set of circumstances. However, um, my, uh, my prayers are that we don't lose momentum, mm. that the chore or, the, or that the work does not come, become a chore laborious uh, in nature. Uh, that we do begin to really see 
that action is necessary and what those actions can be even on a small scale. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the real challenge because I think if, if people come into this situation and, and understanding, okay, racism bad, yes. Mm, being anti-racist, good, good, <laughs> yeah, very good. So, but if you don't know what to do with that, you know, uh, that, can, that can be fairly daunting. If you mm. think you're doing the right thing and it turns out to be performative, that, that can be pretty daunting. So my prayer is, my hope is that we create an environment, and this is group-wise, that we create an environment in the community where those things can be addressed and that it just basically allows everyone to spread out their, cast out their net and do what they can because nobody can do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no super anti-racist like superhero. There's no cake for that. There's no award. They're not giving Nobel Peace Prize for that. Well, they might. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. you can't take on the whole world. All you can do is take on yours. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so putting that into proper perspective, I think is definitely key. I mean, I have, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of questions. I, I think, my, I guess my, my first, I have something I've been thinking about is, like, are we losing momentum? Like, have we, have we lost momentum? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear from both of you, I guess, because I haven't had this conversation yet. Like, there was... Yeah, I mean, Breonna Taylor's, you know, murders are still out. Like, you know, like, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm torn. I'm, I'm, I'm inherently an optimistic person, hopeful to a fault sometimes. <laughs> but also sometimes, I don't know, I guess, this, I don't have, I don't know what I'm saying. It's more of a question, like, where are we now? Part of me feels like something, there's been an uprising, there's been an awakening. Part of me is also like, but what now? I think more people are aware and awake. And maybe is that, is that the awakening? You know what I mean? And you know, I'm, I'm trying to continue to educate myself. And I think that for me is like super important and I need to continue to commit to that. But I'm also like, is that enough? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, have we lost momentum? Yes. And I'll tell you why we lost momentum. So to speak, we lost momentum because we aren't looking at the images anymore. And that was kind of, that was kind of our, our, our measuring stick. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, now they've been, you know, we, we can focus on this one thing because in the time that George Floyd was murdered, all of this happened, the, 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 the protest, and then his burial. During that time, there were at least four more incidents, mm-hmm. at least yeah. four. So much so that I would scroll my timeline and be like, uh-uh, can't, mm-mm, nope, got, mm-mm, can't. I didn't have capacity. I just mm-hmm. did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so because the images are not there, we don't have a measuring stick. We really don't have a measuring stick. And so that could make it seem two ways. It could make it seem like, okay, we've done the work. Yay, woo! No. Yeah, it's like, we're done. Okay, now it's like, it's like the thing that everyone is so, I think, terrified of, because I think most people don't want it. They don't want it to be performative and then have it end. Yeah. That's right. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of large companies did the easy performative thing. You know, okay, I'm Netflix. I mean, Netflix has put a huge amount of money into the African-American community, into African-American banks, which definitely has long-term uh, uh, significance if it stays there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Link. <laughs> okay. um, and then, you know, the, the challenge of, okay, so, I mean, there's been a lot of performative things. I don't have to go through that. But I think if we don't, and I can't say we, if y'all, y'all don't hurry up, and really begin to understand what allyship really means. And I love to say allyship because it feels like a big boat and everybody's jumping on. 
I'll say it correctly for the sake of posterity. Um, you know, if, if, if you all don't really begin to understand what allyship looks like in everyday life, in small bites, you know, you have to eat, right? And so you eat every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, more than likely, you are faced with some semblance of racism or racist behavior. Mm-hmm. You just may not identify it because you mm-hmm. don't see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so and there, there's, there's an inherent call to not only be aware, but to be alert, to have your eyes open. All of your senses should be awakened, but that takes time. And so, and so we're juxtapositioned against the construct of, okay, well, how much time is it going to take? Mm-hmm. And I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have to get into that part of the program, you know, where it's like, okay, hell, how do you recognize this? You know, do you recognize it? Do you say anything if you do recognize it? Am I calling out the wrong thing? Am I using my privilege? Am I being a savior? Am I, am I, am I you, you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many yeah. questions that now we have to move to the part where we know what it's not and we know what it can't be. Mm-hmm. Now everybody has to be equipped to know what it is. Mm-hmm. I love it. Can you talk more about everyday allyship? Allyship. <laughs> allyship. I'm I, honestly okay. So when I first started writing the word, I would always hear good allyship, like it, like you know, good ship lollipop. And so that's when I said allyship. And so I knew it was allyship, but I just like saying allyship. But anyway, um, I think that you know, every day, every day, every single solitary day, if you go outside or not, you may not even have to go outside. That's the thing. There, I'm not going outside, so like I'm not seeing anybody. I'm in Arizona where it's like coronavirus is out there. So I'm in here. <laughs> I get it. But you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of digital gangsters. You know, they, they, they will comment, you know, they, like case in point, there was a woman, I would have never thought this would have happened. And she is a pastor and she put up this photo with little kids in their hands, all in a heart, different color hands. And she was like, they all are precious in his sight. Oh, okay. That's the holy way of saying all lives matter. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for the game. Let's do this. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Hmm. And so I had an exchange with her and she wanted to continue to be all her precious in his sight. I'm like, oh, that's going to be so unfortunate for you. I did actually screenshot the post. It has since been taken down. Um, but seeing things like that, you know, that's a little bitty thing, right? But she got checked. So you I mean responding stuff. to people? Yeah, like responding still continuing to the conversation. But it's different for me than it is for someone who's not Black. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I can do things and it's like, oh, well, she, you know, she's just an angry black lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, if you think so, you have, I'm kind of like the Hulk. Like, you won't like me when I'm angry. So I think you better take me in this little blackness that I have here right now. Because <laughs> if I turn green, it's going to be trouble, trouble. <laughs> oh, nevertheless, but with, with, when it comes to that everyday allyship piece, it, it's, it makes you look at things a little bit differently. Like, like, what are they really saying? You know, oh, they posted this thing. What are they really saying? And being willing to ask. See, we don't assume, you know, it can be fairly emotionally and mentally daunting to start to think that everybody around you is a racist. Like, is that a racist comment? You being a racist? Mm-hmm. Totally. Racist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's enough. They'll show, they'll show themselves eventually. So you don't have to like, really seek them out. But when people are saying things and you're just like, hey, you know, did, did you realize that might come across as this? Right, well, right. Hey, what do you really mean by that? Well, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The calling in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and almost using coaching as a tool for for allyship because you're you're absolutely asking questions. You are not giving any kind of answers. Just like, hey, I saw your post. Did you did you mean that? Oh, what I love you- that. Yes, I love that. I love that. How did you envision that message? <laughs> <laughs> you're right asking questions really is always the best way to start a conversation right yeah it 
absolutely is. And so that way you're not like, hey, racist, I see you. No, you don't, just not. Right, right. And also that's never, I don't actually find that that's usually helpful. Like you're not actually gonna have, have a conversation. You're just already starting off at war. Right, but we don't, we don't wanna make allyship an MLM where people are like, my downline, I got 18 racists today. <laughs> No, we don't, you know, Christianity's already MLM. We don't want to make Oh my god. That is this so is, funny. This is this is uh the greatest. So yeah, make your make your allyship like coaching, not like an MLM. <laughs> I got him today. I'm reporting in. I got 18 races. I got him. I'm like, no, right. you know, that's not that's also not the world we want to live in either. Like right. it's like well, a red the red, what was it? Um uh, what was the guy? McCart McCarthy. That did the red oh yeah, the red scare. Yeah, the red scare. We don't we don't want the racism scare. Like we don't want we want racist. We don't want people with R's on their back, and we don't we don't. That's not. Yeah. That's well, not that. In a way, I kind of feel like uh, uh, we've been doing a low key version of that for a long time. I think in that we've put we've said how do I say this? We've said <laughs> that being racist is bad. We all we we can acknowledge being racist is bad, but we've put it's so terrible to be racist that we've only like labeled really truly horrendous things that so anything mm -hmm. short of like the kkk people are like well no i'm not a racist because i know racism is bad and therefore like it's this extreme example that we're that we're labeling i don't know why right. to yeah yeah no but that's, that's 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 what we do with trauma too remember if you're not molested raped or beaten then you're not traumatized and i'm like how you figure Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so you've got people running around here who don't feel entitled to their trauma because they weren't raped, beaten, molested, assaulted in some way. And, 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 but they were neglected. Their parent didn't come through. Um, they had their, they were disappointed numerous times in their childhood. And, and so does that not matter? Yeah, it, it, that matters. Yeah. It that still matters. Matters. Yeah. 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 So big racism, little racism, racism, it's all racism. <laughs> yeah. Microaggressions, macroaggressions. So what yeah. we've done is that we have, we have parochialized, if you will, racism into the macroaggressions, like, you know, oh, the N-word and all of that hoo-ha. Oh, well, I don't do that. Well, okay. Thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> you know, we really appreciate you. But, um, but then there's the microaggressions, you know, mm -hmm. the woman yeah. that wanted to touch my hair and ask me all the time, is my hair real? And I'm like, you know, little things like that. Um, how do people still not know? Like, I'm sorry. There are just some things that I'm like, how did you just not get that fucking memo, guys? Like, seriously. You know, and, well, people will think that they can take liberty with you. I mean, mm -hmm. just like the first time I was ever not called the N-word. I was standing right beside the girl who was calling the other Black students on the other end of the blacktop the N-word. Wow. But yes. she, when I turned around and I said, hey, don't do that, Tina. Tina said, not you, Stephanie. Right, right. I think yeah. people are so, um, it's really tricky. I don't think that people ever think that, what am I trying to say? Like people who don't think that they're guilty, don't think that they're guilty. Does that make any sense? Like, um, they're like, I'm not racist. It's that feeling of like, I'm not racist, so I can't possibly be doing something that's actually offending. So it is going back to like, actually what our podcast guest from last week was talking about. She's like, you always just have to question and just keep questioning and questioning and questioning and realizing, oh wait, that I am doing something offensive, but we're just assuming, oftentimes we assume that like, that's not offensive. Well, and it's why. easier. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's easier 
than to say, oh my God, because especially if you ascribe racism to the ignorant and the uninformed, you know, if you think that's just, you know, some white chick in a trailer park with two kids by two different mm -hmm. dudes, then, you know, you can feel really great in your suburban, you know, bliss that you're not a racist. Yeah. But when you begin to check yourself, it's just like any other transformative process. When you begin to check yourself, you have to make a decision. When you, when you find it, what do you do with it? Mm. No different when you find, if you find a lump in, on your breast, you got two decisions to make. One, you can either ignore it or you can go find out what it is. Some people yeah, choose, yeah. some people, some people choose the first part. They say, ah, well, you know, breast are lumpy. Mm -hmm, and they go right. on with life until they can't anymore, right? right? And definitely our hearts go out to anybody who is, who is contended with, with that. But we, we do the same thing with any time we find something that is antithetical or juxtapositioned against the reality that we've created for ourselves. Yeah, the idea of who we think we are. Exactly. Yeah. You're threatening my persona. I am intelligent, racist, or ignorant. I am living in the suburbs. Racists live in rural areas. I have all my teeth. Racists don't, you know. Right, right. Or even, <laughs> Kylie, what you were, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, uh, Kylie, you said, oh yeah, when the perpetrator, or when the perpetrated, finally becomes the perpetrator. So like an oh. uh, example of how like white women <laughs> were the victims of the patriarchy. And so they're the victims. And so it's hard for them to like turn the mirror on themselves and be like, oh, we're doing the same thing to other people that we were so upset that people were doing to us. Yeah. I think, yeah. The, yeah, I think the line I used was like, it's trauma work, but this time we're the perpetrators, <laughs> you know? like, And that's like a mind fuck. You're like, yeah. You're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's hard. Because, you know, again, what do you do with that? If you take that time and you, and you deep dive into yourself and you're like, dang, I have a bias. Okay. Listen, here's the, here's the beautiful thing. We all have them. Yeah. We all have them. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are three different women sitting here with three different ethnic backgrounds. <laughs> each list, 10 biases about each other's people group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They yeah. think you're this, they think I'm this, they think you're this. You may think I'm this and you may think I'm that and you may think I'm this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can do that. Here's yeah. the, here's the, here's the problem. That's, and so, you know, when we started the group, one of the questions that we were talking about is, do you know what racism is? And the response was hate. And so I was like, well, we got a lot of work to do here, kids. <laughs> because if you say, well, racism is hate and I don't hate anybody, well, yeah, Not you're right. done. Yeah, it's, it's easy. You're done. Yeah. 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 My work is done. And so when we begin to press into the understanding that racism is systemic, it is about a dominant people group. Again, we go back to that oppressor, oppressee. It's about an oppressor, oppressee dynamic. Now, black people can't even be racist unless they are um, in authority in a system, like let's say like a school or something where they actually have limited amount of authority. On the whole, the system belongs to non-black people usually white people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first thing we had to get rid of is the construct around not saying black. Mm. So now we're talking about two things. We're talking about, oh my God, I don't hate black people. Okay. <laughs> but I love people of color. See how that works? I don't hate black people. Mm -hmm. But I love people of color. Okay. People of color is way too palatable for you. I need you to say black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Say black because black matters. Black whole lives matter. Okay, great. So, so, so there's, a, there's a process of unlearning here that spans beyond, okay, I know how, I read how to be anti-racist and now I'm ready to go. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. you're, right. 
go yet. Yeah. That's just foundational. This is literally freshman year. Yeah. Right. But this is good though, because I think this goes back to answering the question of like, okay, like, you know, the, the social media and that moment, momentum has died, but there's still so much that we can do. Like, and I think that's a good thing. Like we, we can do this. It's not, it's, and you know, of course, the conversation is that it's been, been ongoing, but it's a, it's just a, for me, I find, um, actually a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's soothing. It's, it's, I'm happy to know that there is just more to do constantly. Cause then, otherwise I'm just like, if there's nothing to do, that makes me feel right. Worry. That's like worrisome to me because I'm Absolutely. like, yeah. Absolutely. And then the system is always there. So it's kind of like, kind of like candy crush. I've never paid, played candy crush. I know people love it. So let's go back even further. Cause I mean, okay. Kind of like Tetris. Okay. I can get on board with Tetris. Yeah. Okay. Remember when Tetris was the thing mm-hmm. and everybody's like, Oh my God, you got to play Tetris. Tetris, Tetris. Do you remember that music? Like Tetris would trip my vertigo. I just, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Tetris is not the game to play, but you can still play Tetris. Mm. <laughs> it's still yeah. available. Yeah. It's always there. It's not going anywhere. It's kind of like Pac-Man. Pac-Man was the thing at one point in time. Dungeons and Dragons was the thing at one point in time. Can you still play Pac-Man? Sure. Can you still play Dungeons and Dragons? Sure. Is it popular? Not really. Mm-hmm. I hear but you. It persists. The existence of it persists. And because the existence of it persists, then we always have the opportunity to heal. Always right. have the, always be healing. You know, ABH. Always be healing. <laughs> ABH, I love that. <laughs> or ABC, always be closing, but I don't think that works. So I'm like, well, maybe. No, ABC. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start close. I had, I actually had my corporate career. I've always been in sales. I actually had a manager who used to sign his emails ABC, always be closing. Oh my god, which, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, no, especially if you watch the movie that comes from Glenn Gary. Glenn. Anyway, um, I'm gonna just, I, I'm just gonna start signing my emails ABH. <laughs> <laughs> All my corporate emails now are just on ABH. So like, oh. um, but I, I was going to say too, I feel like the, the momentum has clearly shifted. Um, and I think that this is where accountability becomes so important, right? Like, you know, everyone, the, the gym is always super fucking crowded in January, <laughs> right? If you're still going to the gym in February, it's probably because you made a pact with someone or you had some kind of accountability, even if it's just to yourself, you, you somehow managed to commit to like sustaining this. And so that's one of the reasons I love your Facebook group, for example. Um, and like, even I are part of a book club and like my husband and I have made certain packs together because it, it Otherwise, it just, it, it just, like you said, it just ends up like a th- another thing on the to-do list that is really long and we inevitably ignore a bunch of the things on our to-do list. And so I think, you know, yeah, it's a good way to I, make- I feel like it's just the accountability is it's yeah. vital. Yeah. Yeah. I, gotta, I love that. We got to definitely make, and we have to make it palatable. You know, it can't be, if you use the gym thing. It's like, if you haven't been in the gym since June and you jump in January 1st, it can't be like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do hundred squats. I'm going to be on the treadmill for 80 hours yeah. and, and be master and yeah, lift, what is it? Walk in and crawl out. Yeah. No, you're going to die. Like you're legit going to die. Yeah. And, and, or you, and you won't go back. Yeah. Wait, can you, you I want to, okay. But I want to hear more about how do you make, cause you said, you said, I wrote this down earlier. You said it can't be laborious in nature. And I'm really curious about that because I think a lot of the messaging out there about this is like, this is hard. This is not going to be fun. Like it's going to essentially, you know, it's like, it's, and that's okay to me to some degree. Cause I'm like, 
yeah, it, all right. If it's going to be hard then let it be hard, but I want to hear about your ideas of how to not make it so laborious. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> difficult, sure. Laborious. Okay. So difficult is for some people, let's just say training for a marathon, you know, uh, laborious for me would be you jump up one Saturday and decide to run a marathon. Like what <laughs> are you doing with your life? Now I do know some people that do that. And I'm like, seriously, what are you doing with your life? I think the, the part of it being laborious for me is when you feel like you've got to take in all the information all the time, or, you know, like you've developed this, this persona, like this is what good allyship is. Okay, great. And I need to be performing or not be performative. I need to be demonstrative. Okay, great. So I need to go read this book and do this and listen to this podcast. Right, right, right. Your life. Right. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You're gonna burn, you will burn out. And until you burn out and then you're like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm out. like okay. whatever. I love this analogy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it can, it can be difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people do that because they're obsessive, right? So then mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, well, I got I know I got that's So when we did the, um, on Juneteenth, we started a 22-day allyship challenge. And every day had a task. But I was very clear about the fact, get in when you can. There's no reward for doing all 22 days. Mm-hmm. And you can do all 22 days in 44 days. There's no penalty here. Mm-hmm. These, I was just trying to, the educator in me wants to put things into uh, palatable chunks. So I'm like, okay, let's look at this learn list and then let's apply. Let's look at the theory and then apply. But if you get to the point where you're just completely overwhelmed, tap out. Yeah, yeah. rest, rest. Like with anything, tap out. Yeah. Get your rest, make that a priority. You cannot be a good ally. You cannot be a good friend. You cannot be a good wife. You cannot be a good dad. You cannot be a good anything mm-hmm. if you don't rest mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. Oh yeah. And something that I've been really focusing on is also that grind mentality is really just more colonialism coming in from the back door, right? Being like, mm, you gotta like, so that you can burn the fuck out. It, it, it works in their favor, right? When you burn out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And we're um, not to do it. So, you know, it's like, yeah, go, go, go. No. Yeah. I will not. Um, Stephanie, I actually want to pivot and talk a little bit about what you do because I feel like it'd be amiss if we started winding down and didn't talk about all the things that you help people with. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, I mean, so I, I always tell people, at least these days, that I'm a certified coach, I'm an intuitive healer, and a transformational educator. Sometimes I say lifestyle educator. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for me, the work that I do is really about helping people to heal, because you got to heal first, then they can shift. And then my favorite part is when they become their own superhero, because a lot of my clients uh, they just haven't put themselves first. Mm-hmm. They have been literally rescuing everybody, you know, their husband, their kids, their kids, kids, the dog, the cat, you know, the hamster, somebody bought the goldfish. And <laughs> they finally have just reached a point where they're just like, screw this, like no capes, like no capes. I can be my own superhero. I've clearly learned how to cape for everybody else. And now it's time. It's, it's my turn. It's my turn to, to show up the way I want to show up, to live the way I want to live. Uh, mm-hmm. to have the love I want to have, the life, the money, all of it. You know, it's, it's really about that. It's really about that pivotal moment when somebody says, ah, F it. And mm. I, I deserve more than this. Yeah. I love this idea of healing. You have to heal first before you can shift. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really interesting. I guess I've never Absolutely. really, I wonder if I've ever thought about that before, but I do feel like, yeah. Um, the foundational piece is the healing. Yeah. Always, always AB heat. What is it? ABH. <laughs> always <Yeah>. be healed. <laughs> what I've found in watching people change you know I've seen people lose 100 pounds and and gain it all back I've seen people 
uh, say they're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then they don't do it. And I think ultimately what goes, what it goes back to is the fact that they didn't understand why they did it in the first place. Like if you don't understand why you gained a hundred pounds mm-hmm. and you lose it, that means the same thing is, is right there. It's just lurking. It's ready to jump on you again. Cause you didn't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. We see the same thing with the addiction narrative. Yeah. We want you to smoking and drinking and gambling or whatever, you know, shenanigans you get into, but very rarely do we press into why you started to feel that void in the first place. Where did the void come from? Yeah. So yeah. we can trans, you can transform and stop smoking, drinking or, or whatever, snorting or whatever you do, mm-hmm. but you're not going to, it's not going to be a lasting transformation because you didn't heal. Right. The yeah. whole well, there, you just changed what you put into it. Mm, yep. That's, that's, I see a lot of that. And I'm sure I've done a lot of that too. It's like, uh, yeah, it's so interesting. That was me with my health journey, like one being unhealthy and then going in the whole other direction of becoming super healthy, all in the, all just like two sides of the same coin. Some part of maybe like just not being tapped into my body and not like loving myself or, or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's so interesting. Yeah. Or just replacing like exactly. you know, one addiction for another, right? Yeah. Like I don't drink, but I spend way too much fucking time on Facebook. Like I, you know, yeah. sure one is potentially less toxic, but it's actually like the energy pattern is I, I can yeah. recognize as the same, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you I think to, a lot of, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, you, you, you. <laughs> no, I was just saying, I think that's what happens to a lot of people. I went to seminary with a girl that said she was addicted to affection, sex, something and something. And now she's hyper-religious. I'm like, Oh, so you traded all that in for Jesus. Thanks. Mm, yep. Yes. To hold us hostage and make us hug her when we left class. She was standing in front of the door, y'all. I used to call her Olaf, like from Frozen. <laughs> Olaf, and I'm like, warm hug. And I'd be like, Olaf, you don't, because literally she would make us hug her to get out of the room. Mm. And I'm like, okay, should I rudely go to the other door? That would be rude, right? Oh, well. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't, oh, you're not going to force me into giving you affection. Yeah. I'm not going to enable you. No. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. That's terrifying. Oh my God. It's so terrifying. Yeah. That's why I called her Olaf. Yeah. And, um, and I meant that. And we were the mean kids in seminary. Let me just go ahead and say that. We were the mean kids. Like, <laughs> on Wednesdays, we were pink. Like, seriously. Uh, we, were, we were horrible. We were horrible. Really? <laughs> we were the mean kids in seminary. Like, we would, sit, we would all sit together. And then if somebody came and they needed a seat, like, if we didn't like them, we wouldn't move. Isn't that, like, anti, the anti <laughs> of, <laughs> of seminary or whatever? Even though I don't really exactly understand seminary. But, but you know what? I, I, I realized it later. We were trying to protect our relationships because mm. we had we had become very transparent with you know and so there were there were people in seminary that were really just dogmatic you know it's got to be like this and you know no tattoos and all of this other stuff and blah 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 blah, blah. and then there was us so we were the rogue ones and so I realized that we didn't let other people into our circle because we didn't know what they were going to bring to it yeah you were trying to maintain a safe environment we were, but I still think we were the mean kids. I'm just going to say that. We were the mean kids. So. Well, I mean, that's that's what we do when some part of us feels unsafe, right? Like like overreaction, which on some level sounds like what you're describing, right, is is an effort to keep us safe, right? So that, you know, that 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 seems pretty human. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I feel like that, and that goes full circle back to the, we have to do the healing of the actual root problem. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just going to look for, you're always going to feel unsafe or traumatized or there's going to be that same trigger it's going to trigger you and then you're going to look for some kind of some other kind of outlet and i i saw that a lot in i think that's very common in type a i'm speaking about myself but type a people it's like you'll have a bad habit so i had a bad like drinking habit drugs like all those things and then when i got when i 
I was, yeah, I, I, I'm like that girl who replaced her addiction with just church. I went on the other end of being type A and intense, but I was like gung-ho, healthy, and I don't know, you're trying to do everything by the book perfectionistically. And that also wasn't healthy. So I see, right. and, I, and I see a lot of that, like in my clients too. So it's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think people, people used to get upset with me. So last year, no, not last year, 2018 to 2019, I lost 53 ish pounds and that had been a battle. I had lost 40 before, kept it off, but I just couldn't seem to break the ceiling. And then I finally did. And what people wanted to know was, how did you lose weight? Mm. Did you have the surgery? Screw you. But I'm just saying like, I mean, if you had the surgery, that's on you. But I just was like, you see me every day on Facebook. When did I have time to have somebody's darn surgery? Like idiot. So anyway, um, I think that was a, an attempt to make them feel better. But here's the thing. People got upset when I wouldn't tell them. Cause I was like, it doesn't matter what I did. What are you willing to do? Mm, like you had the formula and all they needed was the formula. Right. I'm like, no, you got your own formula. Are you willing to take the time to unlock it? Yeah. Or are you just going to run and go do keto? And I don't have anything against keto. I actually was accidentally keto because I was fighting the cellular inflammation in my body. And so I literally was like, what is keto? Oh, don't eat this. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, MCT oil. What's that? Okay, great. Like literally it wasn't like, oh my God, bread must leave me. I was already there. So when I finally found I was like accidentally keto. It was hilarious. But <laughs> ultimately, um, the challenge was people, they, they don't want to make that investment in themselves. They just want the end result a lot of times. Because yeah. we're told that's what matters, right? That like, if you, I still remember there's this book um, by Caroline Knapp, uh, who's a beautiful writer um, who, uh, I'll try to remember the name of the book, but it blew my mind because I was in college and she wrote this book about like women and, and hunger and desire. And she's a really interesting woman. She was a bulimic and an alcoholic and um, she, she died uh, a long time ago, a while ago. But anyway, uh, she made this point of like, it's, you say you'll be happy when you lose 10, 15, five, whatever pounds, and then you lose that weight and you still have five more pounds to lose mm -hmm. in your mind because mm -hmm. it was never actually about the number, right? Mm -hmm. It's about this, like, it's about so many things, but one piece of it is like perpetually delaying satisfaction, right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do the work to be satisfied with my body now because like, I'm only wor worthy of that in the future. And also, um, an unwillingness to look at like, well, why am I so unhappy with my body? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there yeah. we go. You know, once we start picking at wounds or picking at scabs sometimes, you know, um, then we have those decisions to make. If I yeah. really figure out that the reason why I gain weight is because I'm in an unhealthy relationship. Maybe my husband cheats on me all the time and I've learned to accept it. I'm like, well, you're mentally may have learned to accept it, but that energy goes into your body. Right. And it's causing disease, dis-ease, you know, but it's, it's causing that. Like I always say, excess physical weight is directly tied to excess emotional, mental, or spiritual weight. Pick your poison. Like there's just no way around it. For me, it was a lifetime of, you know, not being congruent in who I was. I was probably 35, I believe, when, before I really just said, you know what? I really just don't care what anybody thinks. Like I can't afford to care. Like I just can't. And so even though I was doing that in, in places, in pockets, I just hadn't done it all the way. I hadn't gone all the way. Yeah. yeah, holistically, I just hadn't gone all the way in. And in that settling, you know, relationally settling, um, always settling, like, because my standards must have been too high or something, because if they weren't too high, then why aren't I, 
getting what I want relationally, mm. you know, especially in a romantic relationship, but in platonic relationships as well. You know, why am I always feeling used or being used or taken advantage of or whatever? What, what is attracting that in? Well, you know, I did some deep diving and I figured some things out and I decided that I didn't want to accept that anymore. And then that al allowed me to line up because I had friends that would literally like, we would go out to eat and I might try to eat a certain way. Oh, it, you don't have to do all of that. You know, no, 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 no. If you can't support my transformation, you, you, there's, there's an app for you. It's called Bye Bye. Mm -hmm. You should download it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I have friends to this day, allegedly, this is, she's not a friend, let me just say that. I have a person I called a friend that to this day, a year later, has, yet, has never said to me, girl, I really applaud what you did with your body. But you watched me suffer. You right, watched that right. be hard on me. You watched me, every change I went through, you watched me. But you have yet to say, dang, girl, high five. Yeah. That's why you're no longer a friend. That's why you're no longer in the inner circle. There's no room for you. Mm-hmm. Is that so? But I think I want to go back to this idea of I, what did you say that? Uh, well, how did you word it? Um, like being excess weight is is a sign of if if spiritual or and is that true though? Because I, I feel so. like yeah, I mean, but I think there's also a lot because I feel like doesn't that challenge the idea of like I mean there are a lot of people out there who may be considered quote unquote fat, but I don't actually what if they're like perfectly happy? You know what I mean? Just it's I think it's this idea of like. You can be fat and happy. I was fat and happy for a very long time. You can be <laughs> fat and happy. I mean, you can. I mean, you can play fat and contented. But at some point, and this is what this is what really concerned me. I'm like, okay, so I'm conceivably hmm, obese, not quite morbidly obese at the time. Um, how long is my love going to run? Because at that time, I wasn't pre-diabetic. My EKGs were flawless. My blood pressure was 110 over 60 on any given day, except when it decided to show out and do like a little 89 over something. Um, so you're talking about that? like, yeah. So you're talking about being like where it's, where it's becoming a health issue. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. If you're, I mean, if your body is showing, because your body will show you signs, right? If you, if you can't function optimally, right. like right. let's say you get tired often, you know, you find yourself not being able to just, now I don't think you should go, 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 but you find yourself being lethargic after being up for four hours. When there's a challenge like that, when, you, when you're obviously carrying more weight than you should, then most of us, and most of us are, even at this point, I probably am still carrying more weight than I should for that little chart that's bullcorn, but nevertheless, um, I think when you get to the point, yes, you can be happy, but you're, there's a reason why your body's showing disease. Mm -hmm. Dis there's a reason for that. Now, it could just be something in your internal structure, but I'm still believe I'm still one of those people that believes in mind body connection, wholeheartedly. Yeah. So what yeah. are what weight are you carrying? You know, like what weight are you carrying that's manifesting in in various places? Yes, I I do absolutely believe that. Even if you have a thyroid problem, okay. Well, where is the thyroid? It's out here. Right. Yeah. Mm, what is that? Throat chakra. Yeah, that's what I've been told. I mean, I have a thyroid problem and I've, I've been told many times by different, different, different modalities that it's something to do with self-expression, you know, needing to, some, something needs to get out or, or something like that. But it may not be yours. And that's the thing. What, weren't we talking about, who was that? Were we talking about ancestral trauma today? Who was I talking to? Can't remember. But anyway, talking to you, Kylie, you know this, come on, ancestral trauma. It may not be you that's damning you up. Yeah. It could be three generations of backup. That just happened to land right on you. Mm. I mean, I, I had a really interesting, and that happens all the time in client readings where, you know, the answer of like, why is this happening? is like, okay, well, a lot of lifetimes ago, 
you had this very traumatic experience and you're in this lifetime healing it. Um, I, I think for my own journey, uh, I have found like really loving and being like, I kind of don't give a shit that I'm overweight has been super liberating. Like that's been an important part of me, like releasing any need to fix myself is I think the, has been really important uh, and has made space for me to like, then actually enjoy exercising, right? Years and years of exercising from a place of I am broken and I need to like be a different size and I need to change this body made exercise. Exercise was then punishment. Right. Right. But I, uh, okay. Well, full confession. I haven't actually really exercised since COVID, but (laughs) I remember it as a thing from the past when we went to restaurants and also I exercised. Yeah. (laughs) But we have a whole husband. So if you haven't done some exercise the entire quarantine, we don't have to have a conversation. (laughs) 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 So there's been some exercise. There we go. All right. All right. All right. All right. My mom loves this podcast, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) You got whole kids. What does she think you beat them up? Yes, I love this. Hi, oh Sheila. I was sure your, your mom was loving this, Kylie. <laughs> yeah, but she, she can handle it. Oh, yeah. boy. Okay, <laughs> well. <laughs> Get it, girl. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, um... <laughs> <laughs> you, you totally side de- derailed her and sidetracked her i love that okay. i'm like listen we got it we got to get that in got to do it yeah i agree no but i okay. hear you kylie i do think yeah that's actually so this is going back again full circle it's the healing then the yes. shifting like like acceptance i actually think is really super important because yeah. it's healing the core wounding that's there about like oh well something is wrong with me and my inherent value isn't there because i don't look a certain way like yeah once we think once that gets kind of healed then it's much easier i think to shift the shift can be a little bit more organic and the shift will be like the shift might be i'm gonna go buy a bunch of fucking awesome plus size clothes Mm -hmm. and the shift might be oh it turns out that i do a lot of emotional eating and i want to try to you know let that go who knows right but i think i think i think anything that we do if it's not rooted in a anything we do and it's not rooted from a place of really really deeply loving ourselves mm-hmm. is not will not have staying power no right? we have to do it from love and not from loathe and i yeah. think that's what i'm so glad you said that because i was trying to get that out but i couldn't get it out so you know i think that's the challenge right that's why i'm like that mind body connection you're not going to be happier at a six if you if you if, i mean if you don't love the 16 or the 26 you're not going to be happy at a six you're not gonna be happy at a two you know, it, it, there was a commercial that used to come on and I'm just going to say it the way I feel it, but there's commercial would come on and, and this, and this very rotund woman was like, I want to lose weight so that I can fly to Paris. And I'm sitting here like, if your ass don't go buy two plane tickets and get your ass on a plane and go to Paris, I will punch you through the stadium. Yeah, yes. I, That was the dumbest thing ever in life. I, I just want to lose weight so I can go on a plane. They don't let they don't let fat people in Paris. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, that's so. Listen, listen. If you don't yeah. go buy two plane tickets and pack your ass up in that plane and call it a day and keep it moving. Yeah. Because because that's that's what life is about, right? So if you're if in this season of your life you're a little rotund, okay, great. If you if you take that into a place of acceptance and love, because I always used to say I will change nothing on my body out of loathing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Out of loving. And so it's not that I'm not a great me. I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't a great me at 24. 
I just knew at a size 24, I just wanted to do something different for me. Right. Like I wanted yeah. to do something different for me. I needed to change some things for me. Not right. because right. I hate me, but because I, I felt like, hmm, there's some things I could do for me and yeah. I'm going to do them. Yeah, from yeah. a place of love, which is also what you were talking about earlier too, Stephanie. It's like, is it coming from a place of peace? You, you can tell intuitively, like you, if you just pay attention, mm-hmm. you'll know. So love and peace, they're the same. They're like the same. They're like cousins, really. Wait, love and what? Love and peace. Love and peace. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I think we sleep. We sleep on. We definitely sleep on peace because peace can be kind of like, oh well, well maybe I'm just being lazy, or maybe you know, maybe I just didn't think it through. I mean, if it seems too easy, it probably you know we have all these things that we these programs we're in our head. But I mean, love, love, love is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. If we harness that thing, I mean, if we harness that love thing, my God, we could just, we could, we could set the world on fire and tip it on its axis and not in a end of the world type of way, but in a amazingly uh, new. Yes. Yes. The secret to everything. Yeah. 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 Love is like, love is not a Hallmark card. It is the transformational power. It is. I could talk about this for 800 years, but like, yeah, <laughs> this is so much, so much a premise of the show. <laughs> yeah. That like yeah. love, like love is not just like some feel good thing. It's like an actual power that can change the fucking world. If we okay. remember that we are made of it. Okay. <sighs> Woo. Yeah. I love this. This is like, this was, I don't know. I think that feels like a good place, a high yeah. point right there. <laughs> so I am dying to know, uh, Stephanie, what is something that's bringing you joy right now? What's bringing me joy right now is is the transformation. Ah, not say transformation. The healing and transformation and releasing of some of some ideas that just don't serve me anymore. Mm. Yes, that is yes. always feel good. Yes. That is the ultimate joy. <laughs> and it, and the things that you know I hadn't really thought about. Like I've traced them before, but you know there's layers and levels to this, right? So you know you you get to some one point and you're like, okay, cool. But now I'm going deeper. It's like a blooming onion. I ate the outside. Now we're going to eat it. You know, just keep going and in and pressing in and pressing in. Because for me in this season of my life, and, and I'm always talking about life and seasons. Like I believe we have seasons of humanity. And so in this particular season of my humanity, uh, there's a particular, there's particular ways I want to show up. Mm-hmm. There are particular things I don't want to be affected by. There are particular things that I can no longer allow to take up space. And that requires me to develop new perspectives and new understandings and to really trace my triggers to the truth because that is where i find you know triumph yes yeah it's beautiful. beautiful yeah how about you eva <laughs> you when i feel my thing is not nearly as profound uh the thing that is bringing me joy recently um is chili as in like the yes. one pot dish <laughs> yes <laughs> because I love, I love me a one pot dish because it's easy. You just throw everything in there and then like you have leftovers and it's easy. But chili really is the combination of so many of my favorite things, which is like, I love having some of a little bit of like a little bit of meat there. Not too much. You got some corn, you have some beans, you, have, you can throw in some kale or some spinach or whatever. And uh, I know, I don't know, for some reason I relate chili to being a summer food. Is that true or no? Is that just me? I think of it as the winter food. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but yeah. I will eat chili anytime. I li- it's one of my favorite meals. I will eat it all the time. Yeah, and like some onion. And yeah, okay. So I don't know why I think about it as a summer food. But even though it's ridiculously hot here, um, yeah, I don't know. It could be spicy if you want it to. Throw some guac, some chips. Anyway, that's been holding me over. And 
uh, I'm glad I didn't know it was one of your favorite foods, but we're on the same page. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's been, really is a blessing from God. Like yes. It's right? comfort food. Yes. All right. So that's me. What about Kylie? Uh, you Kylie, what's something that's bringing you joy? So, um, I am officially the best mother in the world <laughs> and here's why, uh, my son is obsessed with star Wars and, uh, but like the three-year-old version, he's never actually seen it, but you know, and I made a lightsaber out of construction paper and a paper towel roll. And it is a damn good lightsaber. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very so much. Stephanie's clapping here. She's yep. clapping and snapping. <laughs> I don't know who's more excited about this, my son or myself, but I'm just like, yes, I am hailing motherhood. (laughs) (laughs) No, for real. That's a serious win. I can just imagine him running around the house being so excited. Oh my God. He's obsessed. There's a show uh, on TV about, it's like a, it's like a, it's Legends of the Hidden Temples, essentially, if you guys remember that from, from being younger, that they've remade as this Jedi Temple show. And so my son watches it. And like now all he wants to play is like practicing Jedi. Did I already tell this story? Mm-mm. Oh, but in terms of like getting him to get do things? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so see, guys, this is to save my life. It's a Groundhog Day. So <laughs> this is why making a paper towel <laughs> uh, lightsaber is exciting because a whole week later, we are still all about the Star Wars show. Yeah, so. it's still working. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you rocked that. Yeah. You rocked it. Uh, Stephanie, where can people find you? I'm happy to announce that you can find me at Stephanie D, as in delicious diva, McKenzie.com. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, and what about Instagram? You're on Instagram too, right? Because I, I yeah. Stephanie D. You can find me pretty much everywhere except on Facebook. I'm like Coach Stephanie DM. But other than that, like Stephanie, Stephanie D. McKenzie. And I have to always be Stephanie D because some chick in Canada took stephaniemckenzie.com. So I always have to Damn be that bitch. <laughs> like, On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm going to cut her. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. So I'm always Stephanie D. McKenzie. If you Google me, you'll find me. But yeah, Instagram, Twitter, I think I'm Stephanie DM because, you know, Twitter is like a hater and wants you to only have so many letters. But yeah, stephaniedmckenzie.com is the place to find me. Amazing. Awesome. And we will put all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here with us today. It was really such a pleasure. Yeah. And also, yeah, your Facebook group too, right? So that's another, sorry, I know we've already talked about that, but I just think that sounds like an amazing resource. The, um, you have a couple of Facebook groups, don't you? Oh, I have so many Facebook groups. (laughs) Uh, Becoming Allies is the allyship group. And then of course I have my healing groups and so many groups. I'm going to be paring my groups down. So I'll I'll, I'll focus on the allies. All right. Great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. This was fun.